Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. And a warm welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. Thanks to the guys that helped with Guide Talk. That was a lot of fun. Got a lot of nice comments, and I didn't get a chance to read hardly any of them, but there a whole bunch came in. I think we struck a chord with the power of the tongue. And if you use the tongue wisely and affirm people and build them up, you're doing what uh, God instructs us to do. But if you tear people down and you use it for destructive purposes, you are doing something really against God's uh, will and desire for um, how we're supposed to live our lives. And my guest coming up uh, right now um, is Joe Cavanaugh. He is the uh, founder of Youth Frontiers, and they have a mission uh, to go into schools and inspire character and civility. And they, they speak to kids about things like kindness and courage and respect. <laughs> You know, what parent doesn't want their kids to have a little bit bigger dose of that? So we're going to take a little break. When we come back, Joe's going to tell us all about his uh, his work and the great work that they've been doing in schools now for over 30 years. We'll be right back. Are you in need of encouragement? The Max Lucado Encouraging Word Study Bible combines contextual margin notes and insights from best-selling author and pastor Max Lucado. This resource includes a 30-day reading plan designed to help you form a habit of spending time reading the scriptures, a daily devotional to keep you going, and articles that bring people of the Bible to life. With a helpful topical index of verses for every situation, you'll find answers and encouragement in the Max Lucado Encouraging Word Study Bible. We're giving away two copies each week. Enter to win one at MyFaithRadio.com. Faith Radio is a voice of reason in the day of chaos, a word of encouragement in the midst of despair, a reminder of God's faithfulness when our faith is small. The relevant Bible preaching, family-focused teaching, and compelling conversations all point to Jesus, the source of our hope and help. And Faith Radio has a unique opportunity to reach thousands of listeners with this very good news. Would you join our support team? Spring Share begins May 5th, or you can give online today at MyFaithRadio.com. Welcome back to the show. So glad to welcome Joe Cavanaugh to the program today. I will uh, just let you know he's been my friend since grade school. And he has got a very amazing uh, mission in life is to help kids, to teach them kindness, courage, respect, leadership, wisdom. The list goes on and on. Joe, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bill. Good to hear your voice. Yeah, you sound great. So uh, you're coming up on 30-plus years of Youth Frontiers, and tell me about... You know, Bill, you say 30-plus. I like to say a third of a century. It just sounds sounds older, doesn't it? It does. Sounds more established, which I love. So tell our (laughs) listeners a little bit about it, because I've known you for so long, and um, I have a hard time being serious around you, so go ahead. Well, Bill, thanks for having me on. And This organization that I get to lead, and I say get to because it's just such a privilege, uh, we provide schools with day-long retreats, uh, retreats that focus on values. You know, we unapologetically talk about values in schools, values like kindness 
encourage and respect. And we get on these retreats, we get kids to slow down, to unplug, to be human with each other, and to talk about what really matters in life and and uh, to talk about relationships. And since we've started um, a third of a century ago, uh, over two million kids have gone through these retreats. Now, yeah. Now you talk about time-tested values that every parent in the world would love their kid to be exposed to more of, like kindness, like courage, like mm-hmm. respect. And I know there was a, a ninth grader that came out of one of your retreats that said, I have been bullied and disrespected in the past, so much so that I believe that I didn't even deserve respect. Yeah. That just breaks my heart. It breaks my heart, you know, uh, it is not uncommon for either myself or our 55 amazing staff to be in tears listening to the stories of kids. Uh, I remember a retreat that I was leading uh, in the Twin Cities. It was for ninth graders. It was a respect retreat. And we had all 150 ninth graders in the room together, or 200 ninth graders. And we end the day with what we call a campfire. So the, the whole day uh, is filled with large group activities. We have loud music blaring. Uh, they do small groups. We have a lot of music that our performers present to the kids. But at the end of the day, we get all the teenagers to sit quietly. Some people go, how do you get teenagers to sit quietly? Uh, We get them to talk with each other about the stuff that really matters and how to make their school and our world a better place. And so we're in this room on this particular day. And this is a very common experience that we we see. Uh, A girl got up, the first girl to get up to walk into the middle room, uh, she picks up the microphone. Her name was Brooke. And... The first words out of her mouth, as she's looking at all of her classmates, were this. I'm the coolest kid in this school. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like something we would have said. (laughs) We both would have said it together and then cheered. So she says this to her whole classmates, all of her classmates. And the teachers, they, of course, roll their eyes and, yeah, yeah, we know. But then she stops for a moment and she says... I'm also the meanest kid in this school. And she starts to to look around in a circle, and she says, everywhere I look in this circle, I see people that I make fun of every day. And I want to tell you that I'm sorry, and on this day it stops. Wow. And she puts a microphone down. Oh, wow. But it, it doesn't stop there, Bill, because a little while later, a a, a boy gets up, to walk to the middle of the room and pick up the microphone. And you don't have to work with kids for over 30 years to know who are kids that uh, maybe school is not such a great place to be. This was one of those kids. He kind of awkwardly walked to the middle and kind of leaned down to pick up the microphone. He picked it up, and he turned right to Brooke, and he said, Brooke, Thanks for apologizing. I forgive you. And at that moment, it's too much for Brooke. She breaks down and (laughs) cries. She gets up and she starts walking toward this boy. Now, we all remember what it's like in high school. If you're this awkward ninth grader and the coolest girl in the school is walking towards you with her arms open to hug you, you're just standing there in terror. Yeah, you're paralyzed in fear. (laughs) 
paralyzed him. But she put her arms around him, and he put his arms around her, and they just hugged for a moment and both cried. There wasn't a there wasn't a dry eye in the room. I bet not. And and this is the stuff we see. You provide and present an experience for kids, and you boldly communicate to them about important things like respect and courage. They can rise to that level. They don't all do it, mm-hmm. but they can rise to that level. I just think, Joe, it's so important that you know we're always reinforcing with our kids how important it is to, to be kind and respectful and, and have courage. Um, I remember when I was in grade school, of course, I went to a very conservative grade school, as did you, because uh, I think it was the same school. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> there was a girl that was very easy to tease in our class. She was a little awkward. Mm-hmm. She had a, a little bit of a, she spoke with a little bit of a slur, just a little bit. There was always a little extra saliva in her mouth when mm-hmm. she talked. So mm-hmm. uh, she was a little awkward, and we, we made fun of her. And And I'm thinking... Uh, we thought it was funny. We, I'm sure, thought we were a bunch of Don Rickles. I don't know what, yeah, what we yeah. were. N- no one ever said anything to us. Hey, guys, you should be much kinder, uh, more respectful to her. Um, it was painful. It was terrible yeah. what we did to her. Yeah. And I'm very sad to say when she was 20 years old, she uh, picked up a gun and took her life. Yeah. And I thought to myself, oh, what did I do to contribute to her lifelong of unhappiness? And believe me, I got down and repented on my knees and asked mm-hmm. God for forgiveness for mm-hmm. whatever I did to make her little world unhappy. I'm just embarrassed mm-hmm. that I could just start crying right now thinking mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. And that was a long time ago. And and it still sits with you and oh, all yeah. of us. Oh, yeah. And when I'm in a group of adults speaking to parents, uh, I will sometimes say, Think back when you were in elementary school or middle school, junior high or middle school. Who was the kid that was, I don't even say bullied. I say, who was the kid that was tormented? And then I say, call out their names. And oh, it's instant. amazing. The It's just names. First names come kind of come out of people's mouths because they remember instantly 30, 40 years yes, later yes. who the kid was. There, there are so many people, so many kids in school I mean, like the girl you were sharing, and then not just girls that, or pe- boys and girls that have been are being tormented, but a lot of kids, even some of the most popular ones, who are feeling a sense of hopelessness. Yeah, and Joe, talk about how social media has changed things too. I mean, when we went to school, you know, at the end of the day, regardless of what you went through, you got home and you were in your yeah. safe sanctuary called home. Yeah, and you know, back back then, if you this is and when I say back then, we're talking about only. Uh, 10 years ago. Uh, so it's not that long ago. Right. Uh, if you passed a note making fun of some kid, the teacher might grab it, crumble it up, and throw it away and give you detention. Right. But what happens now is you push send. Right. It's irretrievable. It's irretrievable. It goes out to the masses, and it can never be ended. And the, the torment that that fuels is awful. There's, there some, and the statistics are not uh, uh, that, that back this up. Uh, so in social media, and it affects girls more than boys. Boys tend to be in video games. Boys, girls tend to be on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, broad generalization, but let's just take it with that. 
girls that spend more than 1.4 hours a day on social media, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, uh, you know, um, if they spend more than 1.4 hours a day, now a lot of parents are going, oh my goodness, my kid spends way more than that. Those girls are 56% more likely to be unhappy. Oof. That is a horrible piece of news. It's a horrible statistic. And yeah. there's other statistics that, that yeah. back that up, too. Yeah. So let me take a little break. I'm talking to Joe Cavanaugh. He's the founder and CEO of Youth Frontiers. You can head to youthfrontiers.org to learn more about his amazing little uh, organization. We'll be right back. Back to the show. My friend Joe Cavanaugh is my guest. He is the founder and CEO of YouthFrontiers.org. Started this idea a long, long time ago when he said, let's uh, remind kids how important it is to have kindness and respect and courage and leadership and wisdom. Um, maybe I just used that wisdom. I just made that word up. Um, but right before we went to break, Joe, we were talking about the impact that social media has with kids. And I remember growing up, you had the phone, which is sort of in that central area, so everybody knew who you were talking to, and everybody could eavesdrop on any conversation they wanted, but if you got that long cord, you could you know, pull it into the bathroom and close the door and act like you've got privacy. But now, kids can take their, their smartphone up into their bedroom and, and be bullied by the meanest person yeah. in school in your yeah. home. Yeah. One of the things that uh, I just really am vocal about when I speak to parents and to kids, but in particular parents, is don't let your kid have a phone in their bedroom. For goodness sake, it's like letting, it's giving the opportunity for your child to have the meanest kid in the school walk into your front door while you're in your kitchen, walk up the stairs and make fun of your kid, and your kid can't escape from it. Give give your kid a room there. At least they're they're uh, not uh, that is not available. Yeah, that's an important place for your home, your bedroom to be safe. You know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So when you uh, put on these events, and I know you put on uh, technically uh, like the number's big. Is it six yeah. seven hundred a year? This year, well, this year we were, our goal was to hit close to 900 retreats, close to 10 a day. Anything happen? <clears throat> well, <laughs> the, you know, the interesting thing when people are asking me, Joe, how is, how is it going right now with everything happening in the, you know, our society in the last couple uh, weeks? I said, well, one, our audience, our schools, and two, we provide large group gatherings. <laughs> so, so we're kind of over two on that one. Uh, Here's an interesting, you know, Picasso has a phrase, when I don't have red, I use blue. Mm -hmm. And so right now we are working really hard at creating blue. Tonight, uh, you know, is our annual event, which we, it's a large live event and we're fabulous at it. We're great at events. We have amazing talent. But we thought tonight uh, for our big fundraiser, we didn't want less than 10 people at it. So, so <laughs> that's not a, that's not a good uh, yeah. good mode for success. So we we are uh, we're painting blue. If you use that analogy uh, tonight, I'm gonna I'll do a little uh, 
plug on it, at 7 o'clock on our website, youthfrontiers.org, we are doing a show, uh, it's online, called A Beautiful Night in the Neighborhood. It's a little tip of the hat to Mr. Rogers, who was so focused on character. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a few sneak peeks of it, and it is awesome. So cool. I'm encouraging people to get a bowl of popcorn and watch with the family. Uh, it's it's about it's a joy raiser, not just nice. a fundraiser. Nice. But I bring like... in a bit of good news to a weary world. Yeah, I like that. You know, when it comes to character, uh, there isn't an employer in the world that that isn't the first place they go is what is that person's character? Yeah. And, you know, I'm afraid that there's going to be way too many people that are going to have a long train of things on social media that they're going to wish they didn't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe speak to that, how important that is, to make sure you're very protective of what goes public. You know, on our respect retreat, the, the, we take the word respect, deconstruct it, respect, re-see, and we challenge young people to respect themselves more. That's what some kids really need to hear. Yeah, that's true. To respect others more. And then to look at their behavior and to make sure that what they are doing is respectful. And we really challenge, we speak kid to kids and we challenge kids to do that. And they, like I said earlier, they respond. Schools uh, are really designed so I was a humanities and philosophy uh, student in college. And the only reason I share that, Bill, is because my parents, they didn't know why I chose that. Now I can say, I can quote Socrates, so I'm, I can say that my education was worth it. But Socrates says that the reason we educate young people is to make them smart, okay, and good. And one of the concerns that I have, and I think a lot of people have, is there are too many students striving for an A in math, but they end up getting an F in life. Mm -hmm. And they lose the character battle. And character is what matters. It's It's one's destiny. It's what differentiates a good person and a not good person. Mm -hmm. And in this, you know, in the situation we're dealing with as a, as a society right now with this pandemic stress, we are seeing, and I actually think it's good in some ways. It's it in some ways, uh, you know, hear me clearly on that because it allows us as adults to show kids, to point out to kids, do you see this example of good character? Do you see this example of bad character? Mm -hmm. And it allows conversation. And it it, it challenges kids to say, who do you want to be? What do you want to be? Because how you respond in life is, and then during, even during these challenging times, it's going to define us as a people. It's going to define us as a a country. It's interesting you made the comment earlier about uh, when you have a large group of people and you say, think of the person when you were in high school or grade school, they got bullied. And I promise that name comes instantly into mm-hmm. people's minds. Mm-hmm. And then also on the flip side of the coin, if you think about the person that was of exemplary character, who always was like this really cool person that was not afraid to stand up for somebody else or, or yeah. to always do the right thing. And I promise those people leave indelible marks in your brain. I mean, I can even think of some of those people from our uh, growing up that I go, these people were just had solid character 
And I look back and I go, well, most of them came from, you know, a, a very strong faith and, mm-hmm. and their faith mm-hmm. dictated who they were. And they, they lived uh, as imagers of, of God in their world and they, and they shared their, their hope with others and did it with beautiful character. And that was etched on their heart. Yes. And, the, you know, kids, everyone wants to be popular. And so what I, I, I'll say this to my daughter. I'll say this to my daughter. Do you really want to be popular, Tess? Be a person of character. Yes. Be good. That is what is going to truly make you popular. You might sometimes not be in the cool crowd for it, but you will be admired and you will be honored and people will remember. It's a powerful message to give kids, to challenge them. Uh, that, that actually gives that we're, so many parents are so concerned with kids' self-esteem that they want them to feel good about themselves. And you, you'll remember, because we went to school together, you remember John O'Doherty. Actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. M- I'm, I'm, no, Mr. O'Doherty. Mr. O'Doherty. There's no such thing as John O'Doherty. There's no such thing as John O'Doherty. It's Mr. O'Doherty. But he would say to us, he taught uh, uh, American literature, but when you walked out of the class, what he would say to you is, be good, in that voice, you know, be good. Mm-hmm. And he knew that that's what made a person, and that that's what would uh, give someone purpose and give someone meaning in life. Yeah, I remember the pink slip. Remember the pink slip that you would get that you have someone that is summoning you within oh, the I school. Oh, I many of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember being in homeroom one day, and I get this uh, pink slip from John O'Doherty, Mr. O'Doherty, and of course, I, I never had him as a teacher, um, but... Uh, if you went to that school, you were on his radar, period, oh, yeah. end of sentence, full stop. So mm-hmm. I get this uh, note that Mr. O'Doherty wants to see me, and I'm just, I'm sweating. Uh, and I go up there, and he says, uh, Mr. Arnold, I'm just wanting to know uh, the results of your report card, and are you doing your best and giving it your best effort? And I'm just dying, you know, because... <laughs> he, he wasn't even your teacher. He wasn't even my teacher. Yet but I was accountable cared. to him. Yeah, yeah, he was, you were accountable. Yeah. He, every, every kid in our school was John O'Doherty's kid. I know, it's a beautiful thing. But, you know, yeah. John O'Doherty would try to say, you need to be a person of character and strength. And, you know, he wasn't proselytizing. He was just saying, let me remind you. And I think Youth Frontiers is doing a great job of going into the schools and doing those reminders so, uh, and, and way back then, uh, way back then, uh, you know, music, the jeans we wore, the hairstyles were all different. But that message of character matters, be good, that message that John O'Doherty spoke is still true today. And it will still be true 30 years from now. Yeah, yeah. Well, Joe, it's been great having you. Thanks uh, for doing the show. Uh, your event tonight is youthfrontiers.org for people who want to take a peek and see their little presentation. I think it lasts, what, 30 minutes? It's 30 minutes. It's a fabulous show. Cool. Well, I will uh, be sure and watch it if I remember. You know me. I always got stuff I'm looking at. So, uh, Thanks, Bill. Have a good night. Joe Cavanaugh has been my guest, founder and CEO of Youth Frontiers. Go to youthfrontiers.org to learn more about that organization. We'll take a little break. Pastor Rob Morgan is up next. Thank you so much for your support of the Faith Radio Network. 
Thanks to generous donors like you, we are able to work towards our mission of leading people to Christ and nurturing believers in their faith through media that is Christ-centered. That means each show and feature we air points us to Jesus. And our website is filled with wonderful articles and resources that will equip and encourage you in your faith. Find out more online at MyFaithRadio.com. Back to the show. In my library, a couple of my very favorite books uh, have been written by Robert Morgan. He's the teaching pastor of the Donaldson Fellowship in Nashville, Tennessee. He's been there for 40 years. And his book, um, The Red Sea Rules, or The Red Sea Rules, is one of my favorites. And I probably have purchased 20 or 30 copies of it and given them out. And also, he's written a book called The 100 Bible Verses Everyone Should Know by Heart. And that's another favorite book of mine, and I always go back to that, refer to it regularly. And another book that I just think is great is Worry Less, Live More. I can't think of a more appropriate topic than what's going on today. I also have a big soft spot in my heart for uh, Robert Morgan because I remember when I was uh, doing Real Recovery, and I did it for years, I always worked with my co-host, George Fraser, and then all of a sudden they said, hey, do you want to fill in for uh, uh, Susie Larson for an hour? And I thought, okay, I'll, I'll try this solo thing. So I went on the air for the first time as a uh, host by myself, scared to death, and my very first guest was Robert Morgan. And he said, just relax, you're doing great. <laughs> Never forgot that. Rob, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be there. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you fine. Yeah, I can hear you fine. Okay, good. Good. So, so because I feel like we're, uh, you know, we're comfortable with each other and we've talked about a whole number of things over many years, it's been a while yeah. since we've chatted and I just want to express my sympathy over uh, the loss of your wife. Well, Katrina passed away on Veterans Day and... Um, she passed away at 11-11 on 11-11. Oh, my. And she had battled multiple sclerosis for many years, and she had uh, a lot of infections. Things were deteriorating. And we thought that we'd lost her the month before, but she rallied, and we had an extra month with her. But um, when she passed away, the nurse that was with us in our home here said, well, she the date of uh, the moment of death was 11-11 on 11-11. Wow. And my son-in-law pulled out his Bible and said, well, listen to this. John 11-11 says, Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going to wake him up. And so that 11-11 verse on 11-11 at 11-11 is something I'll never forget. And it's given me so much comfort. Wow. So 
I'm I'm just very grateful that, that is, I miss her. I know you do. That is so sweet. We're all kind of grabbing for Kleenex here. I miss her a lot, Bill. But um, I remember that day when you were filling in for Susie, and yeah. you did do a very good job. I yeah, was that scared. was a lot of fun. I was scared to death. And you were so sweet to me, and you were so comforting. And now in times of this pandemic uh, scare where everybody is feeling uh, some uh, fear and anxiety, I thought, hmm, I can't think of a more comforting person to have on my show than Robert Morgan uh, to talk about uh, the Prince of Peace himself. Well, we do need comfort, um, but the Lord provides it. Uh, About a month before Katrina passed away, um, I was getting her into bed, and I was sort of overwhelmed with uh, with caregiving and with everything else. And I put her to bed, and I went out on the patio. It was a little chilly, but I got a jacket and just sit there. And a wonderful song came to my mind. Um, Bill, I don't know if you've ever known it uh, or heard it. It's not so well known, but it says, uh, I trust in God wherever I may be, on mountain heights, or on the stormy sea, for come what may from day to day, my heavenly Father watches over me. And that little song, um, I looked it up and played it. I played it over and over again. Uh, But that's the truth that we need. Our heavenly Father watches over us. If he can take care of the birds of the air and the um, flowers of the field, uh, which are a lower creation than we are, then he will surely take care of us. And we have to depend on that. This is a time for us to draw near to God. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody will argue with the idea that life is going to be hard. And sometimes it feels way harder than we ever expected it to be or way harder than we really want it to be. But I think Jesus was very clear about telling us that each day is going to have trouble of its own. Yes, that's from the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. And I've just done a, a series of podcasts uh, called What's Bothering You? And this is something that I've I've thought about a lot in the past year. If we have something that is troubling us very much, and we would imagine that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit would beam down and stand around us on three sides and say, what is it you're worried about? And we told them, then God the Father has a word in Psalm 37, the great Jehovah Yahweh of Israel, do not fret. And Jesus, God the Son, has a word in John uh, in Matthew chapter 6, that passage you were quoting from. He says, do not worry about your life. And God the Holy Spirit, through the pen of the Apostle Paul, says in Philippians chapter 4, do not be anxious about anything. And sometimes when I'm overwhelmed with something, I'll just hear God the Father say, do not fret. And God the Son say, do not worry about your life. And God the Holy Spirit say, do not be anxious about anything. And those, I think those are the three most definitive passages about worry in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And they represent the three members of the Trinity. And Bill, that comforts me. Well, it comforts me too. I think, too, Jesus says, in this, in this world, you will have trouble. You will have tribulation. But take heart, I've overcome the world. And I think, boy, that, if 
I need to repeat my, that to myself every day. Yeah, there's, you know, this is a very strange time, of course. You feel like that half of the, or let's say a third of the country is having an extended vacation. A third of the country is fighting for their lives. And a third of the country is going crazy with economic worries about their income and their future. And and we're all in it together, but, um, you know, who's ever seen a time like this? Jesus said that before he comes again, the world will experience birth pains. That's what we call contractions. You know, before my wife had her baby, mm-hmm. she had contractions, and that was a sign that the, that baby is going to come uh, sooner or later. Uh, and right now, our world is having contractions. And they may get worse. We don't know what's, you know, we never dreamed uh, on New Year's Day that we'd be facing this. No. Um, and we don't know right now what will come in the next year. But um, but these are the beginning of birth pains, I think. And and the good news is it's pointing towards the return of Christ. Mm-hmm. Rob, let's talk about uh, your, your book, uh, Worry Less, Live More. I we didn't have an agenda, and I'm springing this on you, but I'm sure you're very familiar with the material because you wrote the book. But um, you say, how to bury worry before worry buries you. And that's a relevant thought for a lot of people today. Well, you know, I, I referred a few minutes ago to Philippians chapter 4. The Apostle Paul, I think, really was high strung. <laughs> and it says in Second Corinthians um chapter 2, that when he went to Troas, God opened a great door for him, but he wasn't able to take advantage of it because he was so obsessed with his concerns about the problems going on in Corinth. Um, And that's an amazing admission that Paul was so obsessed with worrying about something in another place that he couldn't do the job where he was. But seven years later, he wrote the world's best antidote for worry. And that's the passage that begins, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the God of peace uh, or the peace of God, who, uh, which transcends all human understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Um, you know, my book just basically has broken down that passage phrase by phrase. And we need uh, a passage like that in days like this. Mm, Yeah, you do a masterful job of breaking that passage down. I just absolutely loved it. And I love the point in that where you come to God, but come with thanksgiving. I think sometimes, and I mentioned this in my previous hour, that you sometimes feel like you race to God with anxiety only to get there and then explain to him how things need to turn out. I've just read a book about praising the Lord. I can't even, it's an old book, but it really made me realize um, that I need to be quicker to praise and to thank the Lord at every moment. I mean, all through the day, we should be praising the Lord. And I think I've just thought about this in the past week. One of the ways of doing that is with hymns and songs that begin with the word praise. Mm. So on my social media uh, in May, I'm going to emphasize the old 
English hymn, Praise my soul, the King of heaven, to his throne thy tribute bring, ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven, evermore his praises sing. And uh, then there's an old hymn, you may not know it, but it's called Praise the Savior, ye who know him, who can tell how much we owe him. And there's a great German hymn, Praise ye the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation, and Fanny Crosby's hymn, Praise him, praise him, Jesus, our blessed Redeemer. You know, sometimes just to walk in the backyard and say praise and start singing one of those songs is a way to lift our spirits because we are orienting our minds and hearts on the almighty God who loves to be praised because he is worthy of all praise and it lifts us up to do it. Such a great point, Rob. We should have a number of songs in our head that start with the word praise that are ready to go at a moment's notice. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures, creatures here below. below. I love it. Yeah. yeah, Rob Morgan is my guest. We're chatting about really all of his books, but the one I picked out today that I didn't give him any advance warning on is his book called Worry Less, Live More. So we're going to take a little break. We'll come back. I love that. Welcome back to the show. Pastor Rob Morgan is my guest, and we were talking about praise songs. And you know, Rebecca was, you know, she's got a lovely voice and sings readily, and she breaks into song uh, about one of our favorite praise songs. And I said, Rebecca, why don't you wait till we're back on the air? So give us a little. And I said, why would I do that when I have recorded because songs? Because sound better. I want, and, and, and Pastor Rob Morgan would love to hear you sing a little bit. Go ahead. Come on. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Go ahead, Bill. Take it away. No, I'm not singing. Oh. <laughs> I well, have to drive. You know, um, Rebecca, that, that's a, a famous German hymn. And the author is Joachim Neander, and he was a German back in the 1600s who used to walk through a very beautiful valley, which the Germans call a tall. And after he died, they named that valley for him, uh, Neander Tall. And that's where the bones were found that they claimed uh, falsely were missing links in, in evolution and deceived so many people. And so... It's ironic that the writer of one of the greatest creation hymns of all, Joachim Neander, praise ye the Lord, the King of creation, should have his name attached to one of the greatest evolutionary hoaxes of all time. Wow. But that's, isn't that interesting? That is, it is so uh, interesting. I hardly yeah, ever say I've interesting things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wrote a book years ago, 100, uh, I mean, uh, Then Sings My Soul on the great hymns of the faith, but that's, that's in my top five. You can sing it again if you want to. I love it. How about the second verse? <laughs> the, the, the next the next phrase is, yes. Oh, my soul, praise him, for he is your health and salvation. Come all who hear, now to his temple draw near. Join in his glad adoration. Oh, that's lovely. Just lovely. Wow. Rebecca just stole the show. 
Yeah, thanks for reminding me. I want to hear more about the hymns. We'll have to talk about uh, hymns with yeah. Rob Morgan next time. You just time. got yourself booked for another episode of Afternoons with Bill Arnold with this talking about hymns. I would love to do it, Bill. Thank well, you. well, you're not done. We're not done, though. Don't go anywhere yet. I'm hey, just saying. I, no, I'm right here. I've booked I'm you right again. Here. Yeah. All right, let's go back to uh, the, the book, uh, Worry Less, Live More, because I think it's it's an important message for people. They want to hear this right now. You've done such a brilliant job of uh, kind of dissecting Philippians chapter 4 in this book, and it's uh, really a great uh, book on helping people overcome anxiety and uh, experiencing peace. And there's so many people that are crying out for for calm and for peace, and they, they feel uh, like there's chaos. And frankly, I think we're all getting even tired about talking about it. So we want to take action steps. So when you talk about the prayer of rejoicing and the prayer of gentleness and the prayer of nearness, let's focus on the prayer of nearness. Well, the passage doesn't say, or it doesn't begin by saying, do not be anxious about anything. It says, the Lord is near. So do not be anxious about anything. Sometimes we leave that off. You know, that particular verse, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation with prayer and petition, make your request known to God and the peace of God. That verse is the most popular verse right now in the world on internet searches and with Kindle users when they highlight portions of the Bible. But the verse before says, well, let me just give you the whole thing. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. The reason we don't need to be anxious about anything is because of the nearness of God. The Bible says that we can draw near to God and he will draw near to us. The psalmist said, the nearness of my God is my good. And so, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you say, good morning, Lord. And you spend time with him in Bible study and prayer. You go into your day and the Lord walks out the house and goes with you. Uh, You go for a walk on the greenway. You get on your bicycle. You get in your car. He's there with you. You go through the day. You have a problem. You say, our father who art in heaven, he's right there listening to you. You come home again. You uh, go through the evening and you can say, thank you, Lord, for this and thank you for that. And you fall asleep at night and you say, well, Lord, I know you're going to stay up all night and watch over me. So I'm going to go to sleep. And you, you know, when people practice the presence, the real presence of the God who really is with them, how can their anxiety levels not reduce when they are aware that God is with them? And so the Lord is near, so do not be anxious about anything. That's literally what the Bible says there in Philippians chapter 4. I love that. So I like to think sometimes of of practicing the presence of God as like having a walkie-talkie on, and you can sort of always constantly hear a little bit of that buzz from the walkie-talkie, which means you can instantly speak, and the person will instantly hear. Well, it's even better than that, because with the walkie-talkie, you assume the person is some distance away. Um, With the Lord, he is right there beside you. And D.L. Moody, the great evangelist, um, it said that he would just, at a moment's notice, look over and say something to the Lord as though he were walking right beside him. Uh, You could be having a conversation with Moody, and Moody would say, now, Lord, 
please help us with that. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. as though Moody just always knew that that God was right there with him, and he would talk to him all day long, just like a friend. Uh, we can do that. I think that that is uh, a part of the maturing process of the Christian life is is learning to recognize the all persuasive and pervasive uh, influence of God's nearness. Yeah, Rob, I appreciate you improving on my little uh, illustration because I was thinking more. In, <laughs> I was thinking more in terms of you know sometimes people put their head on the pillow at night and they go, okay, now is my time to uh, dial up and speak to God, and as if you know you think well, you should just be present with him throughout the day. It should be at a moment's notice you're speaking to him, mm-hmm. and you should you're do right. it many, many, many times a day. So uh, almost like your communication device is on, ready to go, and when you speak, he hears. And, of course, he's right I, there. I love your illustration. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yes, uh, that's an excellent illustration. You know, when the telephone was invented, there was, um, I can't remember the old gospel song that talked about dialing up heaven, but, but you know, that's true. Uh, and you never get a busy signal with the Lord. It's beautiful, isn't it? So let's just talk about in our remaining couple of minutes, the practice of peace. That's the word that everyone's yeah. talking about. Well, that word occurs twice in this passage. It talks about the peace of God that surpasses human understanding. Mm-hmm. And it talks about the God of peace who is with us. So we should cultivate the peace of God in our hearts. I do that by reminding myself of God's promises. To me, uh, I don't know about you, Bill, but uh, Scripture memory to me is an important part of that. When I go to bed at night or I, uh, I'm tired on an airplane and, and my eyes are tired and I lean back, I try to start quoting Scripture, letting Scripture uh circulate through my mind like water through a fountain mm-hmm. um, and uh, and reminding myself of, of God's word uh, helps bring peace to my heart. Uh, but then recognizing, as we were just talking about, that the God of peace with, is with you. If there's anything better than the peace of God, it's the God of peace yeah. being with you. So we have that double promise there in Philippians chapter 4. This is just a passage everyone should memorize, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. I agree. And then I think of in, in uh, John fourteen twenty seven, Jesus said, you know, peace is what I leave with you. It is my own peace, like Jesus's personal brand of peace he's giving. And I think that's what is available to us. Yes, and we have to work on it. We have to cultivate it. Uh, I'm a person that is anxious and and subject to panic attacks, Um, and we can't avoid uh, discouragement or worry, but we don't need to stay in that condition very long. We have the, in the Bible, uh, we have the tools we need to work our way out of that uh, condition by grace very quickly. And if someone is listening and they are just so discouraged and so worried, I would say find a verse of Scripture and hold on to it and let the helicopter of grace sort of lift you up out of that uh, because there is power in God's Word and the power to have peace is available through the power of Scripture applied by the Holy Spirit, and it's too precious for us to miss. Mm -hmm. Rob, we just have a minute and a half left. Do you have 
like your freshest thought you've had uh, in God's Word in the last week or so? I've been reading the book of Revelation, okay. and the wonder of what is coming in the future is just uh, amazing to me. And uh, Bill, let me say that during this uh, time of the virus, I have begun putting a 59-second sermon on my social media every day. And I found that I can say a lot about a verse of the Scripture. I've called it my Verses, Verses, the Virus, Verses. <laughs> I and, love it. Uh, and some are from Revelation right now. They're from Ephesians. But uh, I would just love for people to search those out. If the Lord will give us a verse of Scripture every day, we can hang on to that, take it into the day with us, and we will have victory, and we'll come out of this situation, believe me, stronger than ever because of the grace of God. Mm-hmm. So if I send people to robertjmorgan.com, is that the best place to go? It is, and then they can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Of course, there. yeah, robertjmorgan.com, again, is the web address. Rob, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you've just blessed me beyond belief today. You're the best, Bill. Thanks Thank you so much, and right. God bless you. Yep. That wraps up our show for the day. I am so glad I got a chance to uh, have Rob Morgan on the show and Joe Cavanaugh and the Guide Talk. It was really a great day. If you missed any of it, you can head over to MyFaithRadio.com. Check out the podcast. Have a great night, everyone. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.